411, hon. What's the 411, I got it going on, hon. Hey, yo, I got it going on, hon. What's the 411, hon? What's the 411, I got it going on. Hey, yo, I Welcome to Real Matters of the Heart podcast, where we say life is all about chances and you control how many you take, but not how many you get. I'm your host, Joy. Thank you for tuning in. And today I have with me two very, very special guests, my lovely friends of 20 years plus. So we're going to have a lot to talk about today. Um, And I want to have them introduce themselves. I am Tiffany Mills, professionally known as T Mills, and I am a television producer. And so that's your yeah, that's your title, but what's your actual job? Like, what do you do? At work, I'm a little bit more of a counselor and therapist, probably. Especially working in reality TV. It's like you're dealing with people's real lives, so. And then you're trying to get them to open up. You're talking them through a process, so it's like therapy sometimes. I can't even imagine what that might be like. I just think about my little secret private moments, and I'm like, you want me to show who what? Right. I don't even mean one company sometimes because of the stuff I want to do in private. I can't imagine the whole world watching. Yeah, I mean, shit. If you sign up for reality TV, I'm your company every day. <laughs> right. And I tell you that from jump. Right. You're going to be tired of me. We're best friends now because you're excited about the show you're about to do and we having a drink. But in a month and a half, when oh it's 7 God. o'clock in the morning and I'm using my key to get into your house <laughs> oh my God. and you're still in bed with your husband what i didn't know it went down like that yeah and i don't care <laughs> you don't because <laughs> i have to set up these lights because we got to be done in 12 hours because mary j blige is performing <laughs> the damn, uh, form and i got to be there so let's get it going not at the forum <laughs> what year is this <laughs> the well i guess the girl the voice is popping now again yeah. look at that live come on right back around <laughs> Jeez. so yeah that's what's up. Mm-hmm. All right. So next we have Niche, who I've known since 1991. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not telling you how that. I'm just giving you the year. I'm not telling you how old we were in 1991. That was just the year. We, we came out the womb knowing each other. Right. <laughs> <Where did we're laughs> gone? I think we were probably two around that time. <laughs> so, hi, Niche. Um, wardrobe stylist, costume designer. Professionally known as Shay, so if you say Gianni Shay, they will be looking at you like who? <laughs> Do you have to say Shay or the tall girl with the long ponytail? <laughs> Something. <laughs> the only black girl. You work. <laughs> right. Kicking down doors though. Yeah. I see stylish people, and people who can dress themselves don't necessarily always have what it takes to dress someone else. Because you got body types, you got personality, and particularly when we talk about movie and stuff like that, it's like this is a character. So. What is it that you would say you bring that allows you to be like separate from the pack of all the other people out here in Hollywood who think they got all the threads and all the styles? First of all, that's... <laughs> that's... So when your braid comes out, as Joyce Just... asking a profound question, my braid came out. That's all right. Hilarious. Let it be out. Um, <laughs> my extensions. It really <laughs> wasn't until this very, very second that I thought about it. Um... I saw someone the other day and we were saying like, oh, I said I went to $20,000 for my English degree, like whatever. Like I should have went straight into styling, but I clearly didn't know what I wanted to do back then. Um, like it helps that I have that degree to break down scripts and analyze the, the words on the page to understand what sometimes the action is that's not even shown. Overstand things about the character and what they would be doing in this particular scene to figure out what they need to wear or what they should have with them, the purse or glasses or, you know, things emotionally. And so 
I just put the two, two together like this very second. Wow. That's dope. That's and I really was like, why do I spend this money? No, that's On this degree that I don't know nothing about? That's what no. I so that's like the perfect segue though to <laughs> into today's topic like yeah. for real like when i was thinking like damn we're gonna talk about today like these are my girls we talk about any and everything and we can go on and on about it all but i i figured today a good topic for the three of us because it's just i think where we are in our lives right now and just everything that's happening is i and because it's just my first podcast it's the first episode so i wanted to just kick it off like what is the essence of who I am and what do I want people to know? How do I want to set the tone for what people can expect moving forward if they're going to listen? Because y'all going to listen. Right. I got something to say. Right. Um, and I said, we, we got to talk about, got to be something about God because that's just not the center of my life. It's the head of my life. So I got to lead it off with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to lead it off in a way that is like legitimately true to how I roll with God. And it ain't what you may be used to, or if you know me personally, it may not be what you think. Right. And uh, I guess down, when you hear people say, Jesus is my homeboy, like, he legitimately is my homie. And when I talk to God, like, I really talk to him like how I'm talking to my girl sitting right here in front of me. Like, sometimes I go with the prayer and the whole bit. But sometimes I'll be driving or I'll be sitting in the gym or I'll be wherever I am and i just be like, okay, God, look, I, not today, bruh. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. It's on you. Figure it out. Man, <laughs> no disrespect, but I didn't call God a nigga so many times. <laughs> right. Like, this he nigga. know what it is, but the thing is, he know what it is. <laughs> he know what it is. And I was having this conversation, actually, I was sharing with some people and I was like, man, I done, I done cussed God out a couple times and they like, oh my God, you know, they're looking at me with the big eyes popping out. I can't believe you even admitted to that. And I'm like, look, who I'm high from. Even if I don't actually say it, if they, if we believe God knows our hearts and I'm cussing him out in my heart and I'm just cause I'm not saying it on my mouth means what? I'm not hiding it. I can't hide from him. So and I'm not doing it because I'm being disrespectful, but I'm doing it because if I can't be honest with nobody else about what I'm really feeling about whatever is going on in that moment, I gotta be able to talk to God and I gotta be able to talk to him in a way that's really like, like, look bro, this is where I'm at with this. What we gonna do? And like, I don't want to feel like because he's God, because he created me. So it ain't nothing about me that he don't already know. So it's like, if I got to come in here and be like, look, bro, this shit is not, I can't, not today. And not never. If I, we can avoid this and I don't got to do this, how can we get on around? And that's what it is. So today I want to talk about the, the topic, or I guess the title of today's episode will be God is a G. And I mean G like straight up gangster like he's the original we talk about og triple og this is this dude is the original gangster out here in these streets like really and when you talk about these streets like you talk about your block how you know the g's run the block like this whole world is god's block and he running all this and he handles it like a g like how we see in these streets this ain't nothing new this ain't god started this whole thing and he is the original yeah he started he absolutely started this gangster shit it's, yeah. and it's like <laughs> it's like man he really is the king of get out or lay down like we talk about king of kings lord of lord okay he's the king of get down or lay down right you gonna get down with this whole program or you gonna lay down but you gonna do what i want you to do and it ain't gonna ain't no getting around that so i just wanted to, to kind of start with a story about I mean, it's, he done laid me out a couple times. Like, you know, I done put on, been put on the block. 
<laughs> I jumped on the set. I'm talking set. about jumped on the I set jumped. and like he be having to remind me like what set I'm from sometimes. Like, oh, you forgot. Oh, he will remind you. You forgot what set you from? Oh, okay. Run up on you. you Man, <laughs> run up on you in these streets. Like, oh, okay. I see what you out here doing. I, I got eyes in these streets. I see you. Just don't just show up. <laughs> <laughs> don't just show up. So sometimes he be having to remind me, but there's a particular story that comes to mind when I think about how God had to shut me down one time. I'm talking about all the way down. Tiffany, you gonna remember this, Nishay. This might be a new story for you. You weren't, you was living in New York at the time and I was going through my thing. Um, this is actually right around the time when I first started going back to church as an adult um, for like actual church reasons, not just because the homies was there and we was kicking it and it was about to be fun. Right. Because we was having lock-ins and trips and all that. Well, that was like, you know, yeah, yeah, boys and all that. And a DJ and Man, all that. (laughs) Movie nights, it was popping. So this was, you know, that was you, Church. But as an adult, when I grew up and I decided I wanted to go back and really kind of get a restart on this whole Jesus thing, I I went to church and I called Tiffany up and I was like, yo, I want to go to church with you tomorrow. She was like, cool, we went. And that was a random Sunday in in November back in, I guess, 2009. And if I would have known that the next week my life was about to topsy-turvy upside down. Here we go. The story goes, I was seeing a gentleman at the time, seeing this guy. and uh, I didn't, people knew I was dating someone, but no one ever really met him. Or they didn't know that they had met him because I didn't introduce him formally as this guy that I was with. It was this whole story. So it had been about a year and a half into the relationship is when I finally was like, okay, this is the guy, this is, you know, whatever. Came to my birthday party and it was like, I can't believe this is him. And everybody was all hype and y'all are so cute together and this and that and Facebook. Oh, Facebook. So the pictures, yeah. That's when it was fresh and cracking too. Oh my God, it was, it was, I had had just gotten on Facebook because I was like, I don't got time. I had just gotten on there, and so all the pictures people were posting, and oh my God, and this and that, and y'all are so cute, and tagging, and comments, and all the everything that happens on, on the Facebook. <laughs> and uh, dude, so this girl, she comes into my Facebook inbox. They call it DM now. Mm-hmm. We used to call it PM, personal message. Is that sure what it is? Inbox, whatever. Anyway, she was in the thing. Sure did. And, uh, <laughs> And uh, it was actually, I will never forget this morning because I was with Tiffany. We were working out and she had just finished telling me, oh, I was watching him. He was watching you and how cute y'all were. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I really like him. And this was our second time around. We had like had a thing in college. So he came back around and I was like, oh, okay. And then here this, here she come in my inbox. And I literally, high off this conversation I'm having with Tiffany about how cute we are and oh my God, how happy I am. I opened my phone. Look at my inbox, and this was before Facebook had the separate thing with the messages, and now you got to open a whole new app. I'm not doing that. Come on, I'm not doing 17 apps for one. I'm not paying the five. It's taking up that storage. I'm gonna let you go. (laughs) Right. This message is gonna have to wait till I get to my laptop. Not gonna be able to do it. It's an emergency. Call me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I opened the message. And this girl's asking me all these questions about my relationship. And immediately, all the high that I had from being so hype about, we so happy, oh my God, was just deflated. Like, I'm trying not to get all upset with them. Let me let, get here side of the story, the whole bit. Anyway, we go through it. She telling me a whole bunch of stuff, how she been, he been playing daddy to her daughter and I'm playing myself. And she go, I mean, it runs the gamut. She poses as one of my friends on Facebook and she starts reaching out to every girl on his friends list and 
it becomes threats in the street to the point where uh, we got mutual friends and they calling me like, you good? This girl on Facebook posting pictures talking about she gonna kill you when she see you in the streets. And I mean, it just got extra deep. And I was like, yo, and I've never, I've never, first of all, been in that kind of beef with anybody. That's just not even how I do life. <laughs> but also you gotta understand like my whole MO with dating and being in relationships, just to set the tone for that, like I said, I've known Nisha since 1991. Uh, just last week at church, she met a guy that I dated in high school. She just met him last week. I dated him when I was in 11th grade. So that's how I do relationships. Who does? <laughs> so you remember I dated him? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so you met him? No, no, never met him. <laughs> so that's just how I do it. So in this moment of me kind of keeping him to myself, it was almost like, I don't want to have to tell this story of when we break up, all the drama. So I figured if you never knew about him, I don't got to tell you about him when he gone. And that's just kind of how it goes. And so in my mind, I was keeping him safe until I thought after a year and a half, okay, now I can show the world who he is. I felt comfortable enough. And it was like, God was like, oh, you thought you was running this? Oh, okay. So now that you thought it was quote unquote safe, to reveal him, I'm about to flip this whole thing because you don't run it. Let me run up on here and remind you what set you from. I don't, like I'm in this. I'm in this relationship whether you invited me in or not. And that's before you even really knew what it was. Way the, before I even knew what it was. You know, before really you even was. understood like the higher power. The levels. Yeah. Like I didn't know nothing about yeah. the levels. And God came through and was like, oh, it's levels to this shit for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So what I realized throughout that process was I was so busy trying to manipulate and manage and control the relationship and the outcome of it and the perception of it to other people who may have been on the outside looking in or whatever. I was so busy trying to be in control of that that I wasn't really fully engaging in the relationship, one. But two, that there's nothing I can do. Cause as much as I was trying to manipulate and manage and do, I was spending so much time that I really wasn't even aware of the fact that he was in fact out there doing whatever he was doing with whomever else he was doing it with. And so it's like, you doing all this to make sure that it's safe to show him. And then you show him and it still blew up in your face. Cause you don't run nothing. You don't run nothing. And so in that time, thankfully, like I said, I had just literally a week before started going back to church. And it was, I took it a lot harder than I thought I was going to take it just emotionally. And I was thankful for the fact that I had gotten back in relationship with God and gotten been with Tiffany, who um, just really was helpful in that time for me, walking me through it, just being there and just being regular as hell, like not judging and, and not overly, you know, preachy telling me what God said, because sometimes we just don't need that. Like not everybody is here for that. Not everybody speaks that language. And true as it may be, sometimes you just need somebody who gets it to walk alongside you and be like there's another side you're gonna come out on the other side and um that's really what she was for me in that time but more importantly i just feel like what i learned about myself was like you are you have control issues dude and like if you really want to do what it is god is calling you to do in this life like you gotta give it up you can't manipulate and manage everything to the point of it being exactly what you thought it was gonna be. Like there's no such thing as, if you know me, you know I always say make it make sense. And I, I, will, I will try to make a thing make sense. All right. kind of ways, I will stretch it, turn it, twist it, yeah. flip it, back it up, and rub it, and rub it down. Every time. Man, I will, I will try to make a thing make sense, but 
sometimes it's just not gonna make sense. And that was a time when I really, I think God really began to chip away with me, chip away at me with regard to my need to make stuff make sense. And like now I can fast forward, you know, six, seven years and be like, yeah, okay, God. And like, that's now I'm at the place when I literally will walk into a situation and be like, oh, okay, God. See, the thing about it is, is that it, it's, it gets confusing because you have to learn when to, when you can make a choice and when you have to trust. Because even like what you're saying, it's just like, okay, you know, God's showing me that I'm not in control of the situation. Right. And at the same time, he'll reveal how you are in control because you made the choice. Right. You know, you're still right. making certain choices and certain things, but then it's just like, why are you choosing? Like, sometimes it's what are these choices based on? Right. What's driving the choice? What's, okay. driving, the ch what's driving the choice? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes it's like, okay, you know when you, you're faced with the fork in the road to choose one way or the other. But for whatever reason, you choose what you choose. And sometimes we end up on the other side of a choice like, damn, I should have <laughs> trusted God. Right. Or it's to make a different choice or pay attention to why you're faced with the choice. Cause I think sometimes that's, you know, how God speaks to us in giving us a choice. Yeah. Now, which way you go is I, I'm still trying to figure that out. And that's why I said, and this real matters of the heart, we believe that uh, life is about chances and you decide how many you take, but not how many you get. Right. So, I mean, God's grace, but at the same time, keep on. <laughs> He like the big homie, you know the big homie. Like he, he want to see you do this thing, right. but keep on, cause I, I still gotta run my show. This my block, and ain't nothing about to stop what this, what my block is trying to do. So you gonna keep on. At the end of the day, I gotta do what's best for the block, right. cause I gotta set an example. I got all, oh, I got too many eyes on me out here watching me, the moves that I make. And if I let you run around here talking about you on my hood, but you keep running around here acting like this. I'm gonna have to make an example out of you. Just how the big homie gotta make an example sometimes. Right. What what can can you think of a time, either one of you, when you felt like God was like snatching you back? Like, oh, you thought you was running in? Let me remind you. <laughs> she, she said she got a couple of stories. How much time y'all got? Yeah, how much time y'all got? I got this here. <laughs> no, but I would say right now, honestly, is the, the biggest wig snatcher. Um, <laughs> is he snatching wigs? And the edges. They have been gone. On the like, edges it's too. Gone, gone. Lord, yes. That's supposed to be grace and mercy. No mercy this time. Yeah. Take them edges. Why just with gowns? They can see it. They, they, see, they see where it ain't. She's showing you her edges. I'm showing them the, the edges. The edges edge. <laughs> <laughs> I think right now I'm in just a big transition and I definitely been gangstered and uh, executive decisioned. <laughs> Everything. I'm such a planner. I have B, C, D, E, and F choices. Would you like one? You know. <laughs> and I, I, I'm the original Olivia Pope. I swear I've been <laughs> fixing Fix everything it. for everyone yes. my entire life. And I, I have a hundred ways to do this. Choose one. <laughs> um, all the time. But this time. I found myself with like not one answer. I had nothing. Like nothing. I got nothing. Physically and emotionally, mentally, everything. God kind of snatched away everything at the same damn time. <laughs> it all came crashing down in every area of my life. Um, career, relationship, uh, emotional health. And I was mad at God for a long time. So 
I really wasn't trying to hear nothing nobody had to say about anything. No type of God, nothing. Yeah, like, yeah, he cool, we cool. Like, I know he there, but nah. <laughs> I ain't rolling. I'm not rolling. Man. So, you know, I just lived a year of Fully Wang. And that still didn't get me nowhere. Fully Wang. Like, I'm going to do whatever. Fully Wang material. Yeah. Everything. I'm going to do anything and everything I want to do. Like, since I ain't got nothing to lose, I, I ain't got nothing to lose. But right. the fact with that thought process is that you do have everything to lose. Um, and it's not necessarily monetarily or, but you, you're losing yourself, you're losing your spirit, you're losing um, the essence of who you are, which I did. Um, and so now I'm just, in the last six months, been really building the pieces back and really having to trust God in a way that never made sense for me before. So like, I literally get excited now. Like if I don't know what my next styling gig is, I'm like, Everybody's like, yeah, what are you doing next? You know, I'm just like, ah. <laughs> you know, it could be Saturday. I'm like, I have no clue. I have nothing lined up for next week. Come Tuesday, I I got the next four weeks lined up. Right. And I just get excited now to see what God's going to do because I really can't control it. And once I've let go of the controlling aspect and let God be God and let him gangster me and, you know, put me in a headlock, then great things happen. You so, know? yes, it sound, I hear you saying like, God gangsted you in a way that was like, he took away my choices so that he was my only choice. Absolutely. And I'm such a, you know, give a little bit of tea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, since we, yeah. I always thought I was independent and like, I'm strong. And I didn't realize my, I was independently codependent. Always had someone around for the last 20 years, never been alone, honestly. And this is the first time and it's actually wonderful. And I, I never thought I would, say that or get to a place where I would feel that. God had to literally gangster me and take everything away. And everything I do, I don't make a decision until I'm forced. Like I'll toil and think about it forever and then won't move until like, okay, Amy. Speaking of which, on the next episode of Real Matters of the Heart, we're gonna be addressing Miche's commitment issues. Ow! Cause she got them. Yeah. I'm about, they deep. I, I'm very like. For a relationshipy person. Yeah, you right. got some Ain't commitment issues. I have a show, Jack. And love me with all your soul. <laughs> <laughs> but do not. Until it's time. Until you get serious. Like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you serious? Wait. I thought we were kind of feeling this thing out. I thought we were just. 10 years out. later. I thought we were saying <laughs> Weren't we just talking? We're just talking. Right. So I just think he will make you do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whatever I, it is. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. And honestly, I have been given so much, and to everybody, I never gave to myself. And I didn't think that was a problem. I actually thought that was a great attribute that I had. Um, but it, it is a problem. That like, I, in a future episode. I don't even know how. I didn't know how I love myself. I feel like I love people more than myself. And I didn't feel that way, but that's kind of like what it was, but not, you know, I didn't realize it at the time. I just thought like, I'm just so selfless and I, you should love me because I love you so much and I'm doing all this for you and never get it in return. And then when I didn't get it, I'm blaming you, yeah. the other person, you know, cause they're not loving the way I am. But I was doing all the work. All so it was taking away your options to make him your only option. Then it was like, oh, get I'm calling you. you to do some things yeah. and you can't focus on that cause you doing too much yeah. over here. So let me take all of these little numbers, all your little black book of dudes, mm -hmm. whatever you out here doing, <laughs> yeah. all of that is gone. Cause it's, I need you to look at you. Cause I'm trying to call you to do some things that you're not doing cause you're busying yourself with 
Really stuff that ain't your business. Yeah. Because whatever they got going on is not your business. And yeah. I always thought, like, okay, I'm stylish. I can style. But, I mean, it's not no real talent, you know? And so, I was, in, you know, married, you know, relationship. And I always thought that his talent was better than mine. So, like, I work the 9 to 5 and you do you because you're better than me. And you, I mean, you're dope, honestly. And so, after you'll get on a billion times before I'd ever get on. Yeah. And that kind of thinking was just like... And then he showed you... Right. Yeah, like that I could actually do get on. There was a need and that I was no, actually good at it. Bring it back, bring it back. And that I shouldn't back. have been self-deprecating. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Come on, English my degree. thinking. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and thinking that, yeah, this is cute, you're good at it, but in the grand scheme of things, I mean, does that make... You know, like, how will your... Like what is styling on the grand scheme of things, honestly? Like, you just put in clothes on people. Like, that doesn't make sense. But it does. And I have something else with that where I'm going to go to, you know, another time. Uh, what I'm going to endeavor in and make this thing make sense. Oh, well, come on. Bring it on. Because I don't want to be styling people. Just be styling people. You know, I do want to I do want it to make sense in the world and to make sense with my life and for it to reach other people because this thing is not about us. Man, yeah. well, come on, y'all stay tuned. Y'all, you heard it, heard it here first, right? You got the drop on Real speak Matters out. of the Heart. Right. Speak out! <laughs> come on, speak your dreams, right? Yeah. What do they say? Um, speak what you seek until you see what you've said, right? Yeah. And so you you just declare right here on today. Yeah. Miscommitment issues will uh, hold you to it. Whatever yeah. you got to do yeah. in the interim to get to where it is you intend to go. I would just I'm on this journey with you, right? Be encouraged and let yeah. God. <laughs> let God use you. You know what I'm saying? Let God use you. But no, honestly, like, I've never, I have not been this happy in my life. And I thought I've been pretty happy. Um, but the freedom and give, of getting to know myself, the freedom of taking this time to kind of basically start over from scratch and, you know, understanding who I am and what I actually like, like, when I date people, it's whatever they like. And so kind of, now it's like, whatever you like. You know, I was ever like that. <laughs> whatever you like. You want beef, do whatever. You know, and now I'm like, what do I like? Right. Yeah. You know, I'm like coming to America. I am Hakeem. <laughs> Hakeem. Hakeem. And I am in my new America. Right. I'm in Queens, searching for my queen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Kings. <laughs> I'm on King Boulevard, searching for my queen. <laughs> no, honestly, it, it is like, oh. I am like really starting from scratch and yeah. it's very exciting to kind of see where it's going to lead and see what I actually like, what I don't like, what I want in life, what I don't want. Yeah. I'm getting real clear on yeah. everything because before I just really wanted to make the other person happy and so if I made them happy, that kind of made me happy. But, I kind made you Well, happy. I felt it made me happy. Just yeah. see that made me happy. But now yeah. I feel like, no, seeing myself happy kind of make me happy All too. right now, come on. God right. had to lay you down and say, come on. Girl, like I gotta be happy in this thing, and I always thought I thought always thought that was a selfish outlook, honestly. To people think be about themselves, and so many people think that, particularly black. Can we I get on really, this? Particularly black women for just a I really thought that was a selfish How, attitude. To yeah, start, like, to be like about yourself. Absolutely. And I'm always like, no, I'm about you. But I, what I was doing was creating this environment that didn't serve me well. But that's that big mama image. Like, can we just talk about how many stories we've heard about big mama dies and the whole family falls apart because it was all big mama's job to hold the whole family together. But it was holding the family together that killed big mama because of the stress of whatever doing everything she was doing. Right. And that's this image that we have perpetuated over and over and over. We see it is the, you know, and we begin to carry the burden of 
doing everything and being responsible for everyone but we wear like the badge of honor because mm-hmm. it's i'm a strong black woman and we have this whole thing that's like it's not bad to be strong but it's it's asking ourselves what is your definition of strong and if you think that being vulnerable or asking for help is to say that you're not strong then we got it warped and twisted and it got us out here sick so we got to start shaking and that's why i said i gotta be a whole nother episode because we got to start shaking ourselves of this thought that if we need help or that if if we admit that then it, it takes away some of our stripes of strength like that's all the way twisted mm-hmm. and it's got us out here sick and it's got us out here broken because ultimately that puts the weight on us in a way that is not we don't allow ourselves to receive mm-hmm. it we don't even make space for it to be reciprocated because we feel like we gotta always go the extra mile and if i'm always going the extra mile i can't expect you to meet me halfway i'm always coming all the way over to where you at trying to make sure you good mm-hmm. and man, like who's coming to check on me at night or, or the next morning or whenever oh, like this, and we don't allow space for that because we do begin to feel guilty if we expect it if i yeah. expect you to come check on me then i feel like i'm not doing what i'm supposed to do because everybody whoever told me whether it be by example or by culture or by narrative from whatever we gotta be big mama like i'm when we start being big mama from we nine but i'm already in big mama training yeah like like come on so like we gotta be careful about that's why i'm so excited about this conversation about self-care coming up particularly amongst women who are out here we all of us sit in this room right now are entrepreneurs we work for ourselves doing what it is we are called to do can we just even talk about briefly how all of us have been doing exactly what we do now since we've known each other and we didn't even really right it didn't even you know like we weren't 13 like this or maybe we were like on some level Knowing that we were right, gonna do solid. this, so I was like, like, I was like, I've been Debbie Allen my whole life. Man, so. okay, that's and I've been and, stylish, and, you, and I've been, <laughs> I got pictures. I've been, I'm out the womb swimming and fitness, exactly. So yeah. I mean, you know, it's and all of that. And fixing people's lives. And fixing oh, lives, right. okay? Come on, y'all, look, run me my check. You just not gonna wear a skirt your whole life, <laughs> right? Tell me when she was in the night. Yes, day. man. Tiffany just broke me off with a piece of something from, <laughs> man. She said I told her in ninth grade something about not wearing skirts for the rest of her life because she has some insecurity or thing about her legs that I'm 13. I'm just like, so you just not gonna wear skirts? Like, what kind of life are you gonna live? <laughs> right. And I'm just saying that probably because I love skirts because whatever, I don't know. You're talking about It stuck <laughs> out, right? So it stuck out for Tiffany and here we are, you know. Two years later. Some number, <laughs> a couple years later. <laughs> and, um, you know, she's like, yeah, that, that changed my whole thing. But what she also said coming out of that conversation was, she said, you've always been who you're trying to be. And when you realize that, it just becomes that much easier. And I'm like, damn, we really, all of us sitting here right now have always been who we're now trying to consciously become. Yeah, yeah. I was and we're aware of that gift. Yeah, always we're aware of that gift and now trying to operate in it in a way that's like very intentional and purposeful and um, beyond and greater than ourselves. So like, that's another way God is a G. Like, I'm gonna make you this before you even know you this. And then sometime at some point after I lay you all the way down, when I get you back up, you gonna do what I intended for you to do from Jump Street. This may seem like far left, but just even referencing God as a G, like, especially with us being from LA, you know what I mean? Like the gangster culture is such a familial thing. I mean, it's more to it than drive-bys and things like that. And that's not me promoting any type of culture, right. but that's really me understanding really what the family dynamic is, mm-hmm. you know, 
So only only your super OG big homie could give you life lessons. Like it's it's young kids that that live on the street, whatever, mm -hmm. that are in gangs and stuff. And all they have really is like their big homie, mm -hmm. you know. And you hope that you have like a big homie like that is the type of leader to you that give you real life lessons, that give you real bars, that really guide you because you're only there in the first place because that's what you're looking for. Not even if that's what you're looking for, but sometimes you fall on your face and and that's all you got is well, your yeah. big homie. Right. You know, that's, that's who you who you go to. You know. Um. So. You know, sometimes God will just come in a position of just being like, just such a friend in such a way and showing you things, like just gene you up in that way. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm this kind of gangster. I can come into your life this way, but I'm also gangster in this kind of way. And I can come into your life and show you this in this way. Right. You know, that's right. just an interesting thing. You just keep comparing it to a G. I think that's hilarious. My, but I'm, so real. Yeah, because I'm telling you, I done been gangster like, oh, oh, that's how we, that's how we doing it today, guys. That's how you gonna, oh, okay, check me. Who gonna check me, boo? Yeah. Apparently, God is. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> so Tiff, what's your gangster story? I mean, <laughs> which one do I want to tell? <laughs> <laughs> um. When you just beatbox on them like let me beatbox for five minutes. <laughs> just getting get the details which together. Which is appropriate to tell. <laughs> we talk about today, like in the last forty-eight hours or <laughs> this year. Like it's kind of like I was saying before. Like sometimes you just don't know when it's your turn to take control. Yeah. So that's kind of what the lesson that I've been really getting over the last year of when it's time to take control and. I've been gangsted so much by God that I don't want to get gangsted again. So I'm trying to prevent it and make the right choices. Like, I don't want him to show up in a way like, come on now, you knew better. Come I on. keep trying to tell don't you. Don't make me have to tell you again. I gotta tell you again. I'm gonna fuck you up. Right. You know? For real. So it's that. For real. You know, I didn't been in a situation where I feel like, damn, like I knew better. Yeah. Or or not even that I knew better. Because there are the I knew better situations, but then there are the I'm going to completely ignore and act like it's just me and there is no God in this situation. So that's usually when it comes like the scariest. The scariest in that, not scary like, ooh, boogeyman scary, but <laughs> scary in, in a way that you just get checked. Mm -hmm. And you, you know you have to reach such a level of hum humility to even be able to face God yourself mm -hmm. or if you happen to have offended somebody close to you right. to face, you know, whatever. Right. You know, there's such a level of humility that comes with being gangster when you chose to ignore God uh -huh. right. or chose to say, I don't, not even, I see you, but this ain't for you. This is me. I got this. I don't even really want you in this situation. For real though. And I don't want you in this situation because this ain't no holier than that situation. So I, I ain't about to get biblical on whatever the situation, this is the oh most. Like I already know what you're going to say about yeah. it. I'm not yeah. even going to consult and you And I may not it, even I'm agree. Do I'm not, do. I don't even know if I agree yeah. because. <laughs> 
<laughs> Michelle backed up like, oh, I'm not going yeah. down with you today. I don't even know. No, because I'm going to be agreeing. I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily know I'm if I agree. I'm agreeing, Christian. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> what? Nah. But here's the part that I'm just learning this year. You know, I don't necessarily agree because I haven't even really taken the time to see your perspective in the first right. place. I'm I'm going off of maybe things that I've been told or assumptions that I may have about God, who you are, and, you know, are you this thing, and who are you and me, and, you know, just that part of it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you can only get gangsta so many times right. <laughs> before you decide to choose another way. And I think for me, like, like I was saying earlier, just like the whole other part of what of how gangsters are. Like, that's the part now that I'm, you know, how you're saying, like, God is your homeboy. Like, that's right. really how I feel. Like, I can't, no no real decision makes sense to me anymore unless I'm like, like it's a thought through God in the mix process. Right. Like, right. I can't function without making a decision mm -hmm. with God first. And then also, like, really just God in me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how I feel when I'm getting mm -hmm. up that day. The, I mean, it's in everything, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. The music that I'm listening to, like I say all the time, every morning there's a party at my crib. Mm -hmm. Who knows who's performing? It could be Maxwell, it could be Kendrick, you know. <laughs> it could yeah. be Yolanda. I was like, you just, I don't know. Or mm -hmm. it could just be whatever Dalai Lama shit that I'm listening to <laughs> that day. You know, you just don't know what it is. Every decision, like what I'm wearing that day, how I'm feeling, like it's the energy that's coming from out of me. Mm -hmm. So... The way I've been gangster is just in a way that I wasn't even expecting. Like, in me, just the energy that I'm giving out to other people. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's so brand new that it just feels very weird sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. understanding that I always want to just, you know, stand from a position of clarity, like, in every situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's... Yeah, what I hear you saying though, to me, is it just sound? It sounds like a situation of like I've been gangster so many times that like I don't want the big homie to roll up on me and I'm doing something I ain't supposed to be doing. Yeah. So I want to check with the big homie first, like so that if he roll up, I already know I'm doing exactly what he told me to do. Yeah. Like, and I not even get, just I'm not, if, not even just it. if I'm doing it wrong, <laughs> just doing something wrong, but just like. I feel like I'm a baby G. Now yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I'm a baby G. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're using that, you know, yeah, yeah. metaphor. I'm a baby G. So, I already know how the big homie, air mm -hmm. quotes, roll through here. And I didn't see niggas get blasted. <laughs> right. I right. didn't been shot at before. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's like about big homie plays no games. So, you know, um, in that aspect, yeah, I want to stay ready, of course. Yeah. But not not in some kind of way that I'm fearing retaliation. Right. Exactly. Because we on the same that. block. We on the we on the same squad. But it's still I know. Now that I know yeah. what we're fighting for. Right. Now right. that I have a better understanding of what this thing is all about, I can be on your blasting on fools too. Right. <laughs> but it, but it's also like but I but now I want to be like on whatever the plan is you know what i mean like right, i want to be in. on with it as opposed to i'm just out here reckless in the streets right shit over there i thought that's <laughs> that ain't what it was though no no mm -mm. man how many times i had to be oh that ain't it right oh so you make this u-turn okay 
Man, you ever just have a U-turn, like, in the middle of you think that you're going the right way? Absolutely. Or, like, that, I mean, that recently happened to me. I was, there was a show that had come up, and they sent me, like, the sizzle or whatever, and I watched it. I couldn't even make it through, like, the first minute in this reality show or whatever <clears throat> that a network wants to do, like, it's a pilot idea or a sizzle idea. I couldn't even get through, like, the first minute, and I turned it off, and I was like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> not gonna be able to do it. Not doing it. Not gonna be able to do it. So anyway, I'm going to Cuba. Bye. <laughs> Where no one can reach me for yeah. two weeks. Don't even try to call and ask me about it. Come back and they're still like, so about that. Yeah. Now everybody wants to talk to you about it. I really think you should do it just for the sake of this could be a good relationship with this network. So then I'm like, then it just became about me. Right. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, good relationship with this network because I want to do da 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 Which seems like the right choice mm -hmm. because if you're trying to advance your career, you know there's certain relationships that you have to have mm -hmm. and you got to get in there and do this. So let me take this a little bit serious and let me, let me meet the cast individually and get to know these people and so on and so forth. And it was a religious-based thing too, mm -hmm. which is always a red flag for me anytime religious reality comes across my desk i'm like nah mm -hmm. i've done i did one it was great it was a slept on show the mm -hmm. network didn't know what to do with it because it was black people black women not fighting with each other but praising god so that was like no yeah we can't promote this but that's another story for another day mm -hmm. so whatever so i put this whole like presentation together then i started to get excited about the project because my thing is always I feel like just my purpose in television is our images. Mm -hmm. Joy, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. Like, I'm very serious about the images of people of color on TV. Mm -hmm. It's important to me, it always has been. People are really, like average people living in middle America, mm -hmm. are really basing their lives on these images, thinking that it's the cool thing to do and people are trying to beat this on social media. All based on people that I'm, Managing and creating, and creating you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You know, or documenting. Sometimes it's creating, that's when it's a sad thing when you have to create these people's lives. <laughs> and then sometimes it's a real thing that you help people connect to because you're just documenting, mm -hmm. whatever. So, with these women, I'm like, well, damn, here's an opportunity to show in my mind mm -hmm. what I realized after some time. Here's an opportunity to show God in many different forms. How people praise God. Huge, huge. So, and I was like, yes. And they were all beautiful black women. Wow. So, you know, I stay up late and I'm coming up with this whole creative thing. And I was super proud of it. And I knew what it could be. And it, and it was still just the pilot or whatever. So I sent it to the production company. The production company, mind you, has never done any type of show like this. And they were in a deal with the network that this network does shows on black women mm. and ensemble casts and things like that. And they got hits. So they, you got to be able to tell them this is going to be a hit and why. But, you know, these are people that I work with every day. Mm -hmm. But this production company is new to them. You know, they're more of a Discovery Channel type of different type of show, mm -hmm. which is fine. You're trying something new. So you come get... Somebody black girls who know right. how to do it, you know, and speak the <laughs> language, basically. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I come up with this whole thing, and then the, the head of the production company, and there were just notes just for him and I to just talk about, hey, here's what I found out, boom, 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 boom. Like, a between us, like, I'm sending you a letter, mm -hmm. old school, fold it, 
tight. Tight, right pull. <laughs> Write your name. Oh, right, Paul. Two. Your eyes. Remember for your Nisha. eyes only. For right. your eyes right. only. Your eyes only. <laughs> I didn't think I still had to write for your eyes only. Yes, write me I back. I would draw the eyes, mm -hmm. lashes. <laughs> With the yes, lashes. Yes, Color your eyes only. Lashes. Don't even try. Yes. I wish you Don't would share me. this. <laughs> even what? though on the low, you still shared it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you absolutely And did. that's what happened. <laughs> But it wasn't fun to love. He shared it. He sent it to the network and was just like, you know, I don't know. This just seems too soft. Soft? Yeah, soft. This is, hey, I just met these people last night. So here's what they told me. Right. Here's over time how you can reach mm -hmm. the audience from this network. But they didn't want to do it. So I was pissed. And then I just like broke down. Yeah. Not because I had lost a job, even though I wanted that money, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but because once I became clear about what the show could be and how it just lined up with my purpose and what I think my purpose is, you know, with using what I do in television and making it a point to show black people, specifically black women in different ways that are not what we see on a lot of these reality shows and you know, here I thought there was an opportunity for that. Then I was like, of course I always go, me and God are in constant conversation all day, mm -hmm. whether we joke and laugh and now I'm going off on you. Cause it's a relationship. Right. Just like how I'm doing with my man. Like mm -hmm. now I'm going off on you because you told me mm -hmm. that this is my purpose, that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So you had me go through all of that, make this big ass presentation, like up till three o'clock in the morning, Two nights trying to put this stuff together, meeting all these different people, spending money, drive way out to some witch's house, <laughs> sitting with this witch <laughs> for hours. You know, for what? Yeah. For them to call and be like, no, we're like, afraid. Yeah. How am I ever gonna get to the point of what it is I'm supposed to do? I know, I'm very clear. Well, clearly not through the scaredy cats. Well, it ain't through gonna be through them until they get it together. But come on, like yeah. this ain't gonna be easy. So then I'm I'm getting pissed off because now I I'm seeing like the battles ahead of me. Now that I'm standing in it, like okay, mm -hmm. I, I'm sure this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Then suddenly here come up all the obstacles of why of how it can't work and that that kind of thing where it's just like you just it's a sharp U-turn. Like mm -hmm. it was a sharp U-turn. I was on this road thinking I'm about to do this, and and some may say, oh, it's just a job, but Sure, sometimes, sometimes it is just a job if you need something to get you over or get you through or be a bridge over, especially mm -hmm. when you're a freelancer or an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, and when you get to a certain point in your life, not necessarily in your career, but in your life, where it's more than a job, because to you it's whatever art form, right. and you're very clear on why you're doing it, because I, I always say I can go work at Trader Joe's, these motherfuckers are happy in their Hawaiian shirt right. and their health insurance. Yes. And they know where and everything their health is. Insurance. They know where everything is and they can tell you how everything tastes. And they're <laughs> all excited about it. They are. It's so Why true. wouldn't you want to go work there? I would absolutely work at Trader Joe's. They have all the snacks. Man. Oh my gosh. So mm, back up plan. That's my <laughs> right. that's my struggle. That's my battle. I'm I'm in the middle of getting G'd right now. Like I, it's happening to me yeah. currently, even as I sit here with you. I don't even know how what's next. I, I never know what the next day is gonna be. What I'm gonna learn in the next day. Not that anything drastic happens, but every day it's like a new revelation. A new revelation. Yeah. Because and this and this just started. Like I'm said in July. Like I made a commitment to. I just want to understand. Yeah. 
Like I said out loud consciously and opened a book and took the time to read a book. I think this book will help me understand. Every day before I'm reading this book, praying, please just let me just understand and retain whatever it is, however this person said it. And it's been so bomb. Yeah. And I, I think I think collectively as I hear all of our stories, I think the bottom line is, and I've said for a long time, my favorite part about being in relationship with God now as an adult and at, even after he gangsters me and everything all of the above, is that now I'm aware of his presence in my life and I can see the places where his hand has been in the past. And even as I be going through whatever I'm going through in certain seasons, I'm like, this is a God thing. And even if I can't yet see how it's a God thing and where his hand is and how it's doing whatever it's doing, I understand after being gangster so many times and coming out on the other side, better, stronger, wiser, however I come out, that in the midst of whatever storm, I can be like, okay, God, I see what you're doing. And and I'm you laying me down and it was get down or lay down and I wasn't getting down, so you lay me down and I see what you're doing. But ultimately, I'm, I've gone through that cycle enough times. It's less about um, the conviction and the fear or the uncertainty of whatever the lesson is going to be or whatever the outcome is going to be. And it's more about excitement, anticipation, and expectation about the revelation and, and who I'm going to become as a result of having gone through this. As a, The common thing, I think, for all of us, too, is that we are understanding there's always going to be a blessing in it for us, but it's ultimately never just about us. And so, mm -hmm. Tiffany, you get to um, have a hand in how you create and, and, and display the images of black women, especially on television and, and how you portray us. And because it's being documented and because it will be forever archived and available for generations and generations, you'll have a hand in literally the history of our story, which is incredible because you see the bullshit we got access to now and how they try to tuck and dive and, you know, put certain things away and only show us what they want us to know. You have a hand in being able to say, no, this is a story that we get to preserve and that we get to pass on. So that's incredible. And even in, in the art of clothing and fashion and expression, and like you said, translating what may be on a script or in a book or in a story that a lot of people won't ever be, have access to for whatever reason, you get to tell that story in images and pictures. And in, the, and in the age of digital media right now, that's huge because a lot of us spend so much time scrolling through Instagram or looking at YouTube or whatever it is that we do. And those characters when they're comfortable and they're portrayed properly artist artistically through their fashion and, and through their threads and whatever else like that is a very much a part of the story and um influences also again how we see ourselves and mm -hmm. each other in and in that and, and then with the ten thousand things that i'm doing from each week sweat and the fitness thing and then moving into psychotherapy and just so many other aspects and just stuff that's happening I absolutely have decided that I get to um, change the world like we all get to change the world and I and I remember declaring that when I was young but I'm starting to see now how real and how possible that is and um, it is as scary as it is exciting and um, as much as I don't know how it's gonna happen, I'm clear mm -hmm. that it is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I don't need God to have to gangster me for that one. I'm, I'm absolutely cool with changing the world. Too, it's not even a going to, it is current. It's mm -hmm. happening. It's happening. Right. So that's the part. Right. 
It's happening. It's and happening. Like, yeah. <laughs> so. and like the saying goes, or I don't know, maybe make it the same. Go on, make it up. Go on, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Yeah. You gotta be the change you want to see in the world. Oh, that's, okay, a, that's, you a, that's a real one. Or, or, or you know, yeah, change yourself and change the other. Yeah. So I think I'm in the changing myself phase. Mm-hmm. I was trying to jump to the change the world without Girl. doing no kind of. Because you wanted to change it to how you wanted it to look. But yeah, I didn't even think I really need too much internal work. I mean, that's. <laughs> <laughs> when you take it up an octave, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I thought I was, you know, like. But, you know, not dealing with things emotionally like I never do. I'm on to the next, on, on to the next. <laughs> like, I don't I don't even, like, take time because I'm like, I have to be okay. Or, and I put this facade out in the world that I got, I'm stronger. Like, I am a G. Like, I went through my whole life putting up this image, but it did me such a disservice. Because when it was my time to cry, people were like, what? They didn't know how to handle they, it. They are like, oh, she going to be good. And she they always didn't know did. how to give you the help you Right. Need. And no one could, yeah. like, they didn't know what to do. They were just, like, scrambling. and Or they felt like, if anybody's going to be cool, she's going to be cool. And it's like, well, I, 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 hey, gangsta need love, too. I was just like, hello, yes. help. Gangsta I'm drowning with too. my arms up. It. And no one was coming to save me. And I felt like... Yeah. And I'm blaming everyone. Like, okay, you ain't coming to save me. You ain't coming to save me. Oh, I called you. You ain't coming to save me. And I needed to save myself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I had the capacity to do it. Um, and look at me saving and stuff. Saving myself. And I'm stuff. talking about Captain I mean, I'm kind of like, I'm doggy paddling for real. But I'm like, That's all right. my strong. Hey! Make it away when you can. I'm talking about <laughs> temporary layoff. <laughs> Hey, hey, come on now. Sleep with that temp. So, you know, I just was... We have all been temporarily laid off. I'm so currently temporarily laid off. Oh, wow. And so am I. Anybody out there, you just stop, holler at me. IG at Nishay or at I'll buy Nishay. That's okay. You know what? Before we go, I do DM want you guys me. to give Nishay. Slide through. No. That's oh, a trigger. That's a trigger. <laughs> Before we go, I do want to make sure that you guys uh, get your social media information out there for, you know, for whatever. Right. Hey, <laughs> for y'all to look at my highlight reel and be like, oh my gosh, she has it going on. She has it going hey. on. Look at all this TV she's out here producing. Right. You can see that one post I post every six because months. Shay will give you one good, one good every six weeks. You're yeah. going to get that good red lip post and yeah. that's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to get better. That's the goal for mine. So when you see it, don't. Don't be afraid to hit that like button. <laughs> Don't be rolling your eyes when I'm coming three and four times a day to your, to your stereo. <laughs> so, Nisha, send me your, your Instagram information. Um, it's at Nisha. That's N-E-I-S-H-E-A. And I have another one that's going to style by Nisha. That's going to really pop off starting maybe tomorrow. Um, I'm getting this commitment issue. I can only do one thing at a time. <laughs> But that's going to pop off, styled with a D by N-E-I-S-H-E-A. Well, all right. Well, T-Mills. Um, yeah, that's my Instagram. <laughs> T-Mills037 and Snapchat, same thing, T-Mills037. Yeah, sometimes I snap. Yeah. It's, it's, it's supposed to be like a behind-the-scenes work thing, <laughs> but there's some things that you just get caught up in the snap. Right? Yeah. You get caught up in the snapshot. Oh, caught up in the snapshot. I just did it for the first time on these thing, and I, I was like, wait, I can see the seduction. Girl, I'm not on Snapchat. You can find me on Instagram. Right, me neither. <laughs> at Joy Hearts, J-O-I-H-E-A-R-T-S. Holler at a player. I have several other Instagrams, but start there and then move just 
kind of track me down somewhere. <laughs> my businesses and my other endeavors going on. But let's start at Joy Hearts, and then when we become fast friends, I'll give you all my other credentials. So thanks again for listening. I want to leave you with one thought, and I think the culminating thought of the day um, is to not just be open-minded, but to open your mind. So you're not just receiving information because you're open to it, but you're actually seeking information because you want to actively know better. And and, and the more you know, the less you've got to get God. You don't want to get you don't want God, God to have to roll up on you. So if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. All right. All right. Well, hit the note. <laughs> So, all right, y'all, thanks for joining us for Real Matters of the Heart, where we believe that life is about chances and you have control over how many chances you take, but not how many chances you get. <laughs>